0: Money FM eighty nine point three Best of Breakfast. The bigger picture only on Money FM eighty nine point three. Good morning, welcome to the bigger picture. Now, while the UBS takeover of Credit Suisse helps to stave off a potential global banking crisis, or at least a worsening of confidence in the sector, there's not been good news for everyone involved. One section of Credit Suisse bondholders is said to be wiped. Out following the struggling bank's takeover. And this is going to see that investments worth $17 billion US billion become worthless. So the Swiss regulator FINMA announced over the weekend that the so-called additional Tier 1 bonds, which are widely regarded as relatively risky investments, will be written to zero as part of the takeover deal. And this move has angered these additional Tier 1 bondholders as their investments are now seemingly lost, while shareholders... Will receive payouts as part of the takeover. So it's a reverse in the packing order of what you might usually expect when these things happen. So let's check in with Yip Jin Rong, Market Strategist for IG. Morning, Jin how are you doing today?
1: Hey morning, Ryan. Um great. Thanks for having me. Hey,
0: thanks for helping us unpack what is a very complicated deal. And to some people, it is also a bit surprised. So you've got on one hand the AT1 bonds, the additional tier 1 bonds, now they are likely to be deemed worthless. And typically, we see shareholders at the back of the queue, but now they've jumped the queue ahead of these bonds. Help us understand what's going on here. How much was this a surprise for market watchers?
1: Yeah, I think the decision surely caught many by surprise. I think the general convention is that bondholders have these priority. Over uh, shareholders in this uh, debt recovery scenario, so the decision from the Swiss authority to sort of allow shareholders to jump the traditional order, and the bondholders being left with a uh, thin air that is surely uh, unconventional. But if you look at the uh, details in the uh, Credit Suisse 81 bonds' or prospectus, it is actually stated that the Finma may be may not be required to follow any order of a uh, priority. So there's this uh, line of a uh, statement there that kind of gave the discretion to the uh, Swiss authorities to sort of write off the uh, 81 even before the equity portion. And that kind of, you know, gives the green light for equities to be ranked ahead. But overall, I think it still goes against the uh, conventional way that, you know, bondholders have this priority. So that is why there is this uh, big uh, jitters over whether, you know, what is the real value that these uh, bonds are actually bring. So surely a surprise to many in this case.
0: So it sounds like this is what they signed up for, these bondholders. Uh, you had to read the terms and conditions. The regulators had the power to decide who gets paid first. And in this case, they decided bondholders would just bear the brunt of it. So let's take a step back and look at these 81 bonds, these additional tier one bonds. Can you help us explain what they hold and how this 81 bonds category came about?
1: So when we look at a company's bonds, uh, I mean, there are different classification, right? So some may have greater priority in terms of asset claims, while some may assume a greater risk in the company in return for a more attractive view. So, I mean, these additional tier one bonds, they are bonds that actually sit at the riskiest end of the uh, fixed income spectrum, if you look at a typical uh, bank capital structure, uh, AT1s are ranked lower than senior debt, but just hangs above uh, common equity, which is the company's uh, shares. And because of its uh, more risky nature, sometimes it can warrant an attractive yield of up to 7 to 8%. So now, the important feature for AT1 is that when a bank fails, uh, when a bank falls below a certain a capital limit, uh, these bonds can either be converted into equity or be uh, written down uh, entirely. So the rationale for this feature is to allow the bank to have this uh, option for these uh, debt holders to absorb some losses in the case of a bank failure, so that it will be less likely that you know the government will have to step in uh, with a bill-up. And in this scenario, AT1 uh, bondholders either lose their principal entirely are left uh, holding equity in the poorly capitalized bank, which is what happened in this uh, credit series uh, scenario.
0: That's a great overview, Jinrong. So these are also known as COCOs or contingent convertibles. So definitely something that is making a lot of people sit up and take notice right now. And of course, the reactions in the markets is also something to sit up and take notice of because this is, in some fashion, unprecedented. And you've got now markets trying to figure out what this means for banks what are they pricing in now when it comes to for example the costs for banks to raise money through bonds
1: yes yeah, so uh, when we have this form of uh, unconventional uh, tampering by the authorities uh, i think we can see the overall confidence in the at1 bond market is kind of affected as our investors will question you know what exactly is the real value of these bonds right so some negative blow to the at1 market in the near term so we have seen this uh, contagion effect played out yesterday where prices for these 81 uh, one bonds actually saw some sell-off uh, uh, globally. And uh, bank shares were also under some pressure in the Asian session yesterday with uh, market pricing for some uh, loss of confidence in the uh, bond avenue and also some fears of uh, exposure to these uh, credit fees uh, bond uh, right now. But at least for now I think the question is whether we will have a spillover effect towards bonds of other similarity. But at least for now you see that the spillover effect is still largely contained. So some of the 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 more senior bonds, uh, including those of credit C, Swiss, they are still resilient. Now overnight, there's also been this uh, late night rebound. So I think uh, investors are starting to come to terms with uh, the takeover. But overall, I think in this case with this uh, shakeup, uh, next time in order to issue the same bond as before, I think investors may demand the banks to pay a higher premium in order to compensate them for the risk. So this may trigger more you know cautious uh, lending moving forward and a higher bank a uh, uh, higher cost for the bank.
0: Yeah, so it does present quite a problem for banks in future if they want to exercise these type of um, fundraising. Uh, activities with AT1s especially. So if you look at what is playing out as in terms of implications, does it also show that there might be some potential distrust in how regulators might um, practice some of these terms and conditions in future scenarios? Would that then mean Um, than moving money elsewhere from someone to other assets like crypto?
1: Yes, so uh, in this case, I think uh, one-year term cheaters um, may still hover around. Uh, At least we are seeing uh, central banks uh, sort of stepping in to try to reassure uh, investors that, you know, uh, the conventional way of uh, priority will still stand. So we heard that from uh, central banks, such as the ECB uh, yesterday, trying to reassure uh, investors over this uh, credit fees buyout as well. So the MES has also stepped in uh, and said that, you know, the Singapore banking system is not impacted, by the takeover. over. And our three local banks also mentioned that, you know, the overall exposure to credit fees was insignificant. So generally, we could see some uh, relief uh, returning after the dust uh, actually starts to settle down on this uh, credit fees uh, takeover. But I think the next focus uh, will be shifted back to the U.S., uh, where I think some of its uh, regional banks are still at risk of uh, further collapse. So because we have to understand in the U.S., uh, only deposits in those uh, uh, systematically important banks actually carry a Fed guarantee, Mm. so unlike uh, deposits at regional banks. So if this uh, two-tier system remains, I think you actually encourage more deposit outflows from regional banks and the crisis may run the risk uh, to continue. So we have seen uh, First Republic Bank shares are uh, plunging 47% overnight despite the uh, improved risk environment. So in a way, investors are expecting that, you know, that bank will be the next one to go. So I don't think we are fully out of the woods yet.
0: Yeah, there is a lot of negative pressure when it comes to headlines, at least around these banks. And you pointed out SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, uh, as well as Signature Bank, also Silvergate Capital, plus now you have the UBS Credit Suisse episode. So if you look at banks back home, is this... The best time to get in right now, uh, based on what you are seeing when you look at valuations.
1: Yes, so for our own local banks, I think we are definitely in a better position uh, than our peers in the US. Uh, I think we are more well capitalized. And uh, our our banking system is quite resilient. Uh, We are also not being impacted uh, in terms of exposure. Uh, towards these, uh, you know, the credit sisa uh, takeover, and also the other US uh, regional banks. So in a way, I think, uh, you know, when the market in in this sort of a panic mode, uh, sometimes that uh, irrationality can start to kick in. And we are seeing a broad-based sell-off across uh, regional banks. And, of course, our local banks are also uh, in the crosshair. But I think once uh, the dust settle and, you know, sort of our uh, rationality starts to return back to investors, uh, things start to settle down, I think uh, then uh, the value for our local banks will start to show up. And uh, that will be the time when, you know, investors will start to focus more on the fundamental aspects. I will realise that, you know, our local banks are actually uh, more resilient in this scenario. They are more uh, well capitalised. Our risk exposure is kind of limited. So that could see some uh, relief uh,
0: returning uh, for our local banks. Alright, a relief rally is playing out for today. We'll see if that continues for the next few days. we we'll have been sharing with Yip Junrong. He Here's the market strategist for IG, helping us to unpack the latest in the banking sector. Thanks for your time today, Junrong. Thank you, Ryan.